Just then, Brooke makes one last desperate move and does a tire-screeching U-turn as she's dialing her phone. She tears around the corner and brings her car to a dead stop, causing my phone and purse to hit the floor. You have some fucking nerve, you fat ass. She screams into her phone and exits the car, leaving the driver's side door open behind her. Brooke is now standing in the middle of the street as Drew's car comes hurling toward her and then stops a questionably safe distance away. It's a standoff. If only Clint Eastwood were here. Where are you and your piece of shit lying slut bag going to go now? She wails into the phone with Drew on the other end. I seriously cannot believe he answered her call and has stayed on the line. On floor of car listening to her scream, I update Adam. Where is she? He asks. Outside yelling at them, I type. I hope you're packing heat, he says. This is going to get ugly, I text. What are Pimp and Ho doing? Adam wonders. I can't see on floor of car, I remind him. Get out of the goddamn car, I hear Brooke shout to Drew. I inch my way back onto the seat and peer over at the drama. Brooke is screaming into the phone, which means this moron has yet to hang up on her, and she's waving her arm for him to dare approach her without his vehicle. Hortensia is crouched down, much like me, yet still visible with her right hand covering most of her face and her elbow resting on the door. Neither of them looks as though they're going to budge. Brooke takes a step forward and repeats her request. Get out of the car, you cowardly piece of shit! Rather than oblige her, Drew puts his car in gear and lunges forward just enough to catch Brooke off guard and instinctively make her jump to the side. Then he hits the pedal and speeds past her. Not one to be outdone, Brooke hurls her cell phone at his back windshield, hits her mark, and leaves a web of crackling glass in its wake. Yes! I scream aloud from inside the car. I'm so proud of her right now I could cry. I pry myself from the back seat and make my exit. Brooke's attention is fixated on Drew's car, which has now spun back around and is heading toward her. He comes to a stop and erupts from his vehicle, screaming obscenities at her and pointing at his shattered windshield. My eyes go to Brooke, and her demeanor is unrecognizable to me. She's standing tall, arms crossed, with a fire in her eyes I've never dreamed she's capable of lighting. They continue arguing and screaming at each other, while Hortensia sits in the battered car, and I stand off to the side wishing I'd stayed in the back seat. Just then, Hortensia leans over and lays on the horn of Drew's car, causing all of us to jump and look in her direction. Drew decides to answer the page and storms back to his car, leaving Brooke standing there alone. She and I watch Drew and Hortensia burn rubber onto the main road and out of sight. I take a few cautionary steps toward her. Brooke, I say softly, are you okay? I don't know what to say. Me neither, she says, staring in the direction where Drew just drove off. Both of them are disgusting, I add. I know, she says, breathing heavily.
Aside from the obvious betrayal, it's just so humiliating. I know it is. I decide to agree. I want to tell her that she shouldn't be embarrassed, but I realize that she must be mortified to have had this done to her, not only by him, but with the same pathetic woman who threw her an equally pathetic bridal shower. Why don't you stay here and I'll jump in a cab back to the office, I suggest. She nods. Okay, thanks. I really wish there was something I could do to help, I tell her. She nods again and I give her a hug. I walk away, remembering I'd been hoping for a distraction from my own pitiful set of circumstances. Note to self, be careful what you wish for.